Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you today. Hope everybody is doing very well. And we're on page 91. There's a few handouts still going out with Gail and Julie. And we're talking about the nefesh and the neshama, the soul of a human being. Uh, the last line of the previous oath was that a neshama is divided, mishalek, into five sections, and they are nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, yechida. Those five sections have also thousands and thousands of subsections, but those are the general five, chelke neshama. Also, the class is sponsored, Le'ilu'i neshama, of Esther, Bat Mazal, by Tanya Shechman, neshama shavan aliyah mechaya l'choya. Yes, Gail, please. I did, yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, so letter hey. V'amnam yeshla neshama ha'ayona hazos mikrim ru'uyim la kefi inyona. This lofty soul which we have, it has events, occurrences that happen to it, a mikra, according to its nature. V'yafal pi shehinikshares b'kishureha b'guf kamosha zacharnu. Even though the neshama is tied to the body in different ways, kishu reha means hakishurim shala, different ways of being tied to the body. We learn the neshama is very bound and constricted by the goof. But nonetheless, nisharla, it remains for her, the neshama, kitsas inyan im haruchnim. It has some dealings still with spiritual realities and creations. Now we saw before, just a very important reminder, that when we do something down here in our world, it travels up the chain of our neshama, which is connected way up on high, and it makes tikkunim up in higher worlds. That's the primary purpose that we're able to do that. But the neshama also, so to speak, it has its own dealings with spiritual beings. And its connections to the body do not hold this back. They do not prevent the neshama from its dealings with higher alamas to an extent. However, This does not produce in a human being, something which can be perceived in our mind and in our thought. And we talked about this last week, that as our neshama is doing what it is doing up there in higher alamos, we don't have an awareness of what it's doing. Right? We know that on Shabbos we have a neshama elyona, it's tied into higher places, we know that, but we don't know exactly what the neshama is doing when it's up there. We know for doing mitzvot, it's doing good things and making tikkunim up there. But specifically, right now, none of us could say, oh yeah, I know this is what my neshama is doing up there in Shemayim. We don't know. Ella, lif'amim al-tzad hamiyut. But sometimes, just a few times, tzad hamiyut, a little bit, there may be a little bit of a hisorerus, an awakening that we have due to what our neshama is doing. 
This is what our Chachamim said in the Gemara Megillah. Even though he himself did not see it, but his mazel saw it. That means his higher neshama in that context saw it. He didn't see what's happening up there, but his neshama saw it, and it made a certain impact on his body. Uh, he was shaken up, talking about the Navi, Daniel. Uh, because something happened to the higher soul, the higher neshama, in this case to Daniel, but that did not transfer down into the thought and the mind as a complete picture and image. Just a little bit of a his orerus, of an awakening, but nothing more than that. So the general principle is that we don't know what's happening with our neshama, we're not aware. But every once in a while there could be a little his orerus that we have based on what occurs in our neshama. Letter Vav, Ba'ula, Ro'asa hechachmo ha'ayona, Hashem saw in His wisdom, to divide time into two categories. One period of time is for people to go out to work, and the other is to have menucha, to rest. When that is, hayom day and night. Ki hayom hu zaman Daytime is the time for going out there and doing and working and running around and the things that we need to do. That's yom. Vahalayla zaman ha And nighttime is the time for rest. V'sam beteva ba'alei ha'chaim she'yishnu. And Hashem impressed it on the nature of living things that they have to sleep. That God made that as part of us, that we have to sleep. So that we and our spirit can have menucha, rest, respite from our hard work during the day. We've got to go to sleep and make sure that we rest in order to be able to sleep, to, to be able to continue. And during that time when we sleep, we are renewed with renewed energy and vigor. So we wake up in the morning refreshed, right? <laughs> just, check, just checking. <laughs> there should be a footnote about coffee here. They're really, I don't know how it's missing. I, I said once to the men in our shul one morning after chakras, people learning, learning drinking coffee, I said, like, what zuchus does coffee have? It has some kind of zuchus. It's in every base midrash, it's in every shul, people learning with coffee, at late at night with coffee, over a safe, in the morning with coffee. Coffee has some kind of a zuchus. So whatever it is, I don't know, but something's going on there. The whole halakha of hagufanim v'hanafshin. And we receive rest in all of our parts, both physical and spiritual. So rest is necessary on a spiritual level too. And then we return 
new and refreshed in the morning for our avoda, kivarishona, as we were before. Vihine, bihiyosa adam yashen. When a person sleeps, kohosav nachos, his powers are resting. Vahargoshosav sheketos, his feelings are also quieted. Vahaskoloso gamke nocha vishoketes. His intelligence, his active, intelligent mind is also resting and quieted. However, our imagination continue, continues to function even as we sleep. So the brain and the seichel of a person has many different faculties. One of the faculties is dimion, that's imagination, and dimion continues to function even as we sleep. It doesn't turn off. And then we conjure up images according to various things that affect us when we sleep, meaning that affect our mind and our imagination. Now the Ramchal is going to list a few things that impact or influence our dimyon. Number one, Misha'eris it's leftover thoughts and images that we had from when we were awake the previous day. So you have some kind of an encounter or a meeting and it impresses our mind. That thought and that imagina- imagination is still, that image rather, is still in our mind and it stays there and it can express itself in a dream. So I think anybody has that experience. You see somebody in a dream at nighttime, or you're having a certain conversation, and you know that the previous day that you talked to that person and you saw that person, so it's still in your head. So that's one, she'eris, leftover thoughts and images. Secondly, luma she'yagia elov, min ha'edim v'ho'ashonim ha'olim el ha'moach. I'm first going to translate this literally. And also, what reaches a person's mind from the natural mists, aid is a mist, and ashonim, also vapors, which rise to the mind. Now, scientifically speaking, I don't know what the Ramachal is referring to here in terms of the human being, but we know that inside of our body it's moist. Inside the human being there's a lot of moisture. And he says that some type of moisture affects the way the mind thinks. It's a natural human quality. I don't know what he's referring to. But he's calling it edim ho'ashonim. Myth, moisture, that rises to the mind and influences the brain. Imin halechus hativius. This moisture is, number one, natural moisture within the human body. And secondly is the'im it's also produced by food. So whatever a person eats can influence what they dream. And therefore you eat a certain kind of food that creates some type of moisture, image, influence in our body, and that impresses the brain, and therefore one could think about that and dream about it. And this is the content of most dreams. So it's leftover thoughts from what we had during the day, 
and it's also influenced by what we eat and by our natural bodily internal moisture that affects the brain. Now that's on the physical side. Now he's going to go on to something a little deeper than that. However, Hashem impressed it further. That this higher soul, our neshama, that we mentioned before, it is removed, detached a little bit during this time when we sleep, from its physical constrictions. So during the day when we're awake or during the night when we're awake, our neshama is connected to our body and it's constrained. But at night time it's released to a certain extent. And certain parts of our neshama, that means all the way down to the ruach, starting from the top. So, nefesh, ruach, neshama, chayu, yechida, those four higher rungs of our soul, those are released when we sleep. Yehiyumis alim, they elevate, they rise up. Umisnat ki min haguf, and they are detached from the body when we sleep. And only one portion, which is the lower rung, our nefesh. He doesn't mean the nefesh habahamis. He means the nefesh part of our neshama, the lower rung of our neshama. That's still with us. That remains with us along with our lower nefesh, meaning our nefesh habahamis. So the five levels of the soul, four of them detach and rise up when we sleep, the higher four. The lower one, the nefesh, stays with us along with the nefesh ha-bahamis. Vihine, ha-chalakim ha-menutakim. These parts of our neshama which have been released. Yeshotetu, they wander about. B'ma shahunach lahem in the realms which are given to them to do so. So God allows them to wander about in higher worlds when we sleep in ways that they couldn't do when we were awake because they're bound. The Yehiyelohem Asek, and they have dealings, the Inyan, and association Im with spiritual creations. Might be Malachim, Im HaPekidim, Pekide HaTeva, for example, Malachim over nature, like we learned about those Malachim of wind, Malachim of, of fire, Malachim over nature. O im Malachim, mi Malachi HaChabola, or bad Malachim, that are the legions of harm and hurt, meaning the legions of the, of the Yetzir Hara, of the Satan. So it could have a meeting with one of those cre- uh, creations. O im ha-shindalatim, or with shindalatim, it's a shade, also spiritual creation, it's not malachim. And it could meet up with any of these. Kefima she-yizdamein la, lefi siba meha sibas. According to that which is arranged for various reasons and causes which he doesn't explain. For whatever reason God wants the neshama to meet up with such and such malach or whatever, so it shall be. Velif amin. And sometimes, 
Timshal Chayinyan Mashihi Siga. This topic, this dealing that it has, that the Neshama was Masih, that it comprehended, it's Timshal, it's brought down further, Bihishtalshalus, down that chain, Ad HaNefesh HaTachtona, all the way down to our Nefesh HaBahamas, Vihisorer Mizeh HaDimyon, and our Dimyon is then awakened by it, motivated, the Yitzayer Tziurim, and our Dimyon then conjures up images, Kefi according to its abilities, Ukavar Efshar, and it's already possible, Shehoinyan Shehisiga, that this thing which it comprehended, the Neshama when we slept, Yihiyeh Amiti Okozeh, it could be true, and it can be false. So you get this powerful spiritual encounter, but it could be false. What does that mean, false? That it didn't happen? No, it did happen. But it means this. Depending on which spiritual being our neshama met, that's going to be whether it's a true, authentic experience or it's going to be a false, misleading experience. So if it met up with Malachim of Kedusha, that, and it happens to transfer an image down to us, into our mind and in our, our imagination, and we dream about it, which could happen, then that's emes. And if it meets up with the Shindalad or Malachi Chabala, which could happen, the image that it transfers down to us is Sheker. It's not based in reality. The nature of this meeting is then brought down to our imagination and an image is conjured up. Sometimes with great confusion, as we all know about dreams and the strange things that happen, because so many things are influencing our brain at the same time. And a lot of enmeshment between one image and another and contradictory things and time is of a different nature and different things happening at the same time and all you're in one place and then in another place and there's a person there and they turn into another person and all these things that happen in our dream. So we're under a lot of influence when, when we have a chalom. It could be affected by these myths in our body that could literally ruin or mess up one of those images. Could be based on a hamburger instead of a spiritual meeting that we had up in Shemai. And other times it can be of great clarity. So we have food. We have natural body moisture inside of us. We have our thoughts that are going from the day, even from the day before, or some world event, and possibly a meeting in Shemayim of our neshama with some spiritual being. And the whole thing plays itself out in our dream. Therefore, we don't know what's emes, what's sheker in our dream. It's very hard to tell what's what. But all of those things are happening. Now, also, when we say from our Chachamim that uh, sleep is echad mishishim mimisa, it's one-sixtieth of death. And the Chachamim use that fraction when they want to convey that something is a little bit like something else. Like Shabbos is a little bit like Olam Haba. 
the heat of the sun is a little bit like Gehenna, one sixtieth of Gehenna. And a uh, sleep, Shainas Echad Mishishim Mimisa. So that means there's a little taste of death when we sleep. How is that so? Because our Nisham is detaching from us, which is similar to death. But because a little bit of our Nishama remains with us, that lower rung, our Nefesh, we remain alive. And the next day, our Nishama is sent back to us, all those Chalakim that were released, and we feel renewed and refreshed. The next morning we say, Moda'ani, Elokai Nishama. Those Tefilos are about the rejuvenation of our Nishama. And because of that contact we have with a little bit of death when we sleep, plus the fact that night passed, and night is the time for Kochos Harah to have a little more Shlita, a little more authority. So each morning you have to wash that off your hands. The impact of that remains on our hands. There's a little bit of Tuma, Ruach Ra'ah it's called, and the reason for washing Negevasar in the morning, one of the reasons is because of this contact with a little bit of Misa and the passing of the night. The hashra, the place where that remains on the body is the hands, and that's why you have to wash it off in the morning three times back and forth with Nagelwasser. Okay, so that's a little bit about dreams, a little bit what happens to our neshama when we sleep, and also the very uh, necessary rejuvenating koach of sleep that the Ramchal says Hashem built into our nature. Yes, Elka, please. Right. So those higher kochos that are in higher alamos, they need to be in the state of tikkun. The, what tikkun means, the Ramchal says, is that they are aligned in such a way that they can receive Hashem's light and transfer it down to us. That's what the state of tikkun means. I want to say it one more time because it's the Ramchal's words elsewhere in the Sefer, that they're aligned properly to be able to receive Hashem's light and transfer it into our world. And kilkul in higher olamos is if they're not aligned properly, therefore Hashem's light does not come down, instead there's darkness, and that comes down into our world. So anything we do down here is a tikkun for this world. We do a mitzvah here, maizim tovim, learn Torah, daven, that does help this world, but that action travels up and it makes a tikkun in higher olamos. Hashem literally put that in our hands to do that. He says, you do it, you fix the world. And as a result of that tikkun, another bracha comes down into our world based on what we accomplished up there. So all, all of that is happening at the same time. We make a tikkun here, it travels up, it makes a tikkun up there, and that, that has another, another influence coming back down based on what we did. All right, so I, I don't know, except for that general rule the Ramchal says about aligning things properly, transferring light. Let's take an ex- a famous example that we're all familiar with, very Nogayata women, is Nero's Shabbos. And that's about Shalom Bayes. Shabbos Nero's is really about Shalom Bayes. People can see there's peace in the house. 
So that's a very direct consequence of lighting Neros. It doesn't mean physical light. It means physically you'll have light in your house. So there is that kind of tikkun in your home. But there's also a spiritual light that comes into the world when Shabbos comes. A woman lights candles. That is Kabbalah Shabbos for her. And at that same time, a spiritual light of Shalom is created in high Ralamas. So it's a direct mirror from what we have here. It's, it's Shalom down here, and it's Shalom up there. And as a result of that, that's going to trickle back down into our world also on a more intense or stronger level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know if anybody else saw this. It's very compelling. It was—it's it, just phenomenal. Here's, and now this boy—he's in his black t-shirt, short t-shirt, but he's got people on his seats. He was never had that, and he like was quoting things from the Nevi'im, and he was talking all about the upper world as though he had such a handle on it. And is that? It's possible. I certainly don't want to say for sure. But it's possible that this is a type of encounter that the Ramchal describes here. That for whatever reason, he had that occur. His neshama, his Jewish boy, his neshama had that meeting, and it transferred down. It's very, very possible. That's Mamish what he's talking about. So is that what occurred with this boy? I don't know, but it's, it could be that it's this kind of experience the Ramchal is saying here. Yeah. But yeah. I thought our minds don't perceive it. Yeah, but, but it can it can happen. You can have this spiritual encounter which does transfer down. It does happen. It doesn't happen on a regular basis, but every once in a while it could, it could happen. Uh, Mrs. Klein, you had your hand up, please. Yeah. Um, Shabbos is Kodesh, right? Yeah. Sure. What makes it different than other times? The difference is Vayavorech Elokim es Yom HaShvi'i Vayikadesh Oso. Hashem blessed the seventh day and He made it holy that this day is intrinsically holy. And that means that spiritual reality is different and even physical reality is different. It's just that, once again, we can't perceive it. The world looks like the world when you wake up Shabbos morning. If we had eyes to see, we could see it's really a different world. So that power of really hashra'as hashchina, that God's presence is more, uh, more evident, more powerful on Shabbos, the nature of time is different on Shabbos, so our tefillos, and everything we do, for that matter, is different on Shabbos. Because God impressed that nature of Kedusha on that day. That's what we call Kedusha's Hazman. Time itself is holy on that day. Well, 
Yes. <laughs> and certain things I can't do, like I, I shake. Well, she helps me light the candle. Okay. Is that wrong? No, not at all. It's right. That's a good thing. To have someone to help you to be able to light Nero's is it's a good thing. Sure, absolutely. You do. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's good to know that. Right? Good to know. <laughs> you didn't give it away. Yeah, please, Mira. Yeah. Um, you know, what you said that the influence of the spiritual world is imperceptible. Um, now, there's many stories of Hasidish Rebbe's that had this amazing insight. And it seems is it possible that their amazing insight comes from the contact of their neshamos with the um, like higher ones? Mm-hmm. They, they obviously must have something more. I mean, they are you, than the regular person. Sadikim have ruach hakodesh, right? Like, no matter what their background. Ashkenazim, Sfarad, Hasidish, Elithish, a person who is an Adam Gadol is blessed with Ruach HaKodesh. And that's, what, that's what that's hap- what's happening. That's not, that's not this. They, they may be experiencing this also, but that's a different thing. They experience Ruach HaKodesh when they are awake. It's not like Nevuah, they have to go into a different state. It is a state of being which is higher than normal, everyday human intelligence. Ramchal calls it a hashpa'ah from above, and that that insight that they have is coming from above. It's of a different nature, a different quality than the intelligence and perception that other people have. So when we say that we don't know what's happening in higher olamos, that's talking about regular people who don't have Ruach HaKodesh, which is most people. But for those few who were zochet to Ruach HaKodesh, they can see, to an extent, always to an extent, nobody sees everything. They can see, to an extent, what's happening in higher Olamas. So people who are great in Ruach HaKodesh, who we know about, the Baal Shem Tov, the Gon of Vilna, the Orachayim HaKodesh, so they're seeing, perceiving higher worlds while they're awake, not, not only when they're sleeping, while they're awake. That's a different level of perception of reality. It comes from above, person has to be zochet to that, through Kedusha, through Tahara, through Avodah Hashem. It's not about having, it's not about genius. Ruch HaKodesh is not about being an Eloi. It's about working on oneself and one's character in holiness. And then a person refines oneself to the ability that they have that level. And there are levels upon levels of Ruach HaKodesh. Lower levels, higher levels, extremely high levels even levels of Ruach HaKodesh that border on Nevuah. And then there's Nevuah, which is a completely different experience, even much higher, but we don't have that anymore since the time of the Horban Habayis. But we do have Ruach HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh we have all the way till the time of Mashiach. Yes, please, Dori. Right. So if somebody does not wash Negevasa, what is the influence? Some type of damage. Some type of damage. Yeah, e- even possibly physical 
Yeah, because uh, halacha said you shouldn't touch food if you don't wash ruach Sorry, you don't wash negavaser because then the influence is on the food. It's not good to eat that. So it has some type of effect. What is that effect? I don't know, but it's brought down in sifrei halacha. This has a, an actual day-to-day impact on our life. We don't ta- we don't touch any orifice any opening to our body before we've, we've washed negavaser because that also can harm us. That means physical. There's some type of physical harm that can occur. So yeah. when you said that, that there's an increased rock rise, that's separate from the, that, that partial death? Or is it, is that's the result of that. That, that ruach ra, which remains on our hands, is the result of that we had a c- contact with a little bit of misa when we died. The result of that stays on our hands, when we slept, sorry, when we slept. The result of that stays on our hands, as well as the passage of night. That in itself also creates some tuma, because night is the time for more authority to kokos hurrah. That remains with us. Yeah, please, yeah. 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 Do we have a right to say, you know, in in Zuchus of this Mitzvah, maybe Hashem, this person could be healed, or sure. you know, Israel will be in danger, or something sure. like that? Do we, I mean, that's part of Tefillah. Yeah. But do we have a right to say that about an actual thing we're doing, or is that just, we just trust Hashem's going to handle that? If, if it's a Mitzvah that we're doing, if we know we're doing a Mitzvah, we have the right to say, may it be uh, for Rufu Shlema for somebody, for Elu Neshama for somebody. We have the right to say that. So Hashem will respond, Kafi Chachmaso, Ritzono, what's right. But you can say, you can say those things. It's okay. It's not considered presumptuous, and it's also not considered, you know, out of line. Uh, we have a Masora for that, uh, that we do things, Elu Neshama for somebody. Mm-hmm. Let me take one more, then we'll finish the parak. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay, great question. Talacha question. If a person wakes up in the morning and has to go to the bathroom very badly and can't wait, which happens, right? So the halacha is you just go to the bathroom. That, that, that in that case is the higher priority because it's not healthy to hold oneself back from going to the bathroom. And therefore it's considered in that situation that that's what you should do. You should just go over to the bathroom and take care of your needs and then wash Nagelwasser. If you don't have to go to the bathroom that badly in the morning, then you should wash Nagelwasser first. But if it's the other way around, the halacha is brought down by the Mishnah Brewer that you have to go to the bathroom first. So, you know, we need the, the wisdom of the Torah and the Chachamim to tell us these subtle distinctions between one or another. Because we might think, oh, I, no matter what, I have to wash Nagelwasser. Well, true, with this one exception. That's why we're so fortunate to have our Chachamim and our Poskim to help us know what's what. Got to finish this thought and hope I can get to a few more questions. Last paragraph, bottom of page 92. It's possible that it will be made known to a person and their ear will be made to hear. That's an expression of revelation. Al by means of this encounter we had with this malach up there in Shemaim when we slept, we may be told something that will happen in the future. It could happen. 
This occurs through Hashem's decree, that this future event is made known to our Nishama, which is wandering around up there. When it meets up with one of those spiritual beings up there from whichever category it belongs to, it goes all the way down to the nefesh, and then it goes into our imagination. It can be closed and mysterious and non-understandable. Or it can be very clear. Sometimes a person wakes up from a very clear and graphic dream. According to what Hashem decrees. As it says in Eom, in Laila, in a dream, in the vision of the night, az yigle ozen anashim, the ear of man is uncovered. Nimsa, top of ninety-three, Kalal So in general, what are dreams? Siyure hadimion, they are pictures of the imagination. Mitzad atzmo, due to itself and its own imaginative powers. O mitzad mashet hanishama. Or according to that which the neshama um, influences it to do and to perceive. Whenever that happens, that spiritual meeting, the actor, the, the doer, is one of those spiritual forces up there. Which makes its message known to the neshama. And then the neshama takes it down to the imagination, as we as we wrote earlier. If that force our neshama meets up with is a holy malach, it will be true. If it's with a bad malach, then that encounter will be kozev, misleading, false. V'hu ma'asha amru chazal, z'chachamim said, kan al yidei malach, kan al yidei That one meeting in, this, in Shemaim is true because it's the neshama and a malach, and the other is a neshama and a shindalit, a negative spiritual force. Now that's a Gomorrah he's quoting, it's a Gomorrah in Brachas. But in all dreams, there's always this mixture of other things, of other products of our imagination which stir things up and confuse things up in our mind. This is also quoted in the Gemara in this way. Any dream has nonsense in it. Any dream. Because there's always these other things going on. Ah, however, there are other kinds of quote-unquote dreams. These are the dreams of prophecy. They're nothing like these dreams, but they just happen to have the same word because they're about spiritual images. We will explain them on their own terms with the help of heaven, which he does in the following few parakim. That brings us to the close of this parak.
And I know there were a couple of other questions. Gail, you had a question before? Please. Yes. Yeah, the neshama detaching from the goof at nighttime, that is the death-like experience, one-sixtieth echa mishishi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, please, Mrs. Pollock. How would you define the kubalam versus... Bali Ruach HaKodesh? Yeah. Okay, so in terms, let's, let's say, of course, we're talking about an authentic mukubal. Right? The, the real deal. Not just learning the books, but living the life. Yeah, someone like the Baba Sali, that's a Dover Yodua, that he was great in that, in that way. The Ramchal was known to be that. So we're talking about the real Don. I say that because there's a lot of um, people who present themselves that way and they're not that. My Rebbe used to say, those who talk don't know, those who know don't talk. Right? So that's one good test to see how a person is presenting himself. So there's two things that can be happening there. One is Ruach HaKodesh. Right? If he's an Ish Kadosh and he's Zoche de Ruach HaKodesh, like we said before. The other is that through Chachmas HaTorah itself, a person can gain insight into higher Olamas. And the Chachamim say, Chacham Adif Minavi, that a true Chacham is even more powerful than a Navi, because their Chachma can take them to places that Navua can't go to. So they don't get the image that a Navi gets, the spiritual image. They have to be Zoha to that in Navua. But their holy mind, and I, I mean exactly what I say, their holy mind goes to very high places and can perceive those places, Alpi Torasenu HaKadosha. So it could be Ruach HaKodesh, could be the Koach HaTorah itself, are certainly both of those things that are happening for those great, great people. So, like, how would you compare, let's say, Reb Kanievsky or, you know, like, Oba Gedol? Like his father, the Stifler Gomer, known to be... His father was considered to be a Baal Ruach HaKodesh. The Stifler Gaon, the father of Rechaim Kanievsky, was considered by Klai Yisrael to be a person who had Ruach HaKodesh. So, let's say, would you say he was a Makobol? He certainly did not present himself that way. In my humble opinion, did he know Sifrei Kabbalah? I would think yes. But he's not telling anybody about it. That wasn't his era. He did not present himself that way. A lot of Gedola Yisrael have that in the story. You don't talk about that. Kabbalah is meant to be private, not meant to be public, unlike most of the spiritual, um, what do I want to call it, um, um, advertising, that's going on in the world nowadays with those things. That's, that's not our misora. So Great people didn't do that. Please. So if someone wants to go for a bracha, mm-hmm. say what is appropriate? Like let's say some, you know, should they go to a bazal or should they go to a kobol or maybe someone is in a situation where, you know, we hear stories, you know, right. from someone needs to be saved from mm-hmm. a an Adam Gadol, a Gadol be Yisrael. He may be a Makubal, he may not be known as a Makubal, but he's an Adam Gadol. People that Klai Yisrael consider to be a Tzadi, then that person is one that one could go to to get a bracha. Whether they present themselves as a Makubal or not doesn't matter. Because what they know and what they don't know is not truly known to us anyway. And people are great Tzadikim, are very hidden about these things. 
if they're known to be a makubal and it's in, in a way which is done in the right way, like you mentioned, uh, the Babasali, Rabbi Buchatzera, so that's a certain level of person, a very un, un, unusual and unique person, both in his Torah and in his, and in his Tzirkut. <coughs> so if it's an Adam Gadol, that's the person we go to. And it could be a, a Rosh HaYeshiva, and it could be a Hasidish Arabi, and it could be a Mekubal, whatever the title is, the main thing is that they are Dovek to Hashem. And they have that connection, and that's what we are hoping will be brought to bear in the bracha. Sure. Yes, please. Uh, in terms of these nighttime wanderings of our people, yeah. mm-hmm. um, taking a walk, right? Taking a walk, right. <laughs> how much uh, is random? How much is planned by Hashem? And is there any way that we can input into the system? Okay. It's planned by Hashem, and nothing is random. So his, he just said it in a, in a very short phrase, the exact words, I don't remember, according to that which is given to the neshama. So it's decreed by Hashem what those encounters and meetings for that neshama are going to be. That's not random. We have the ability to influence that, yes, but we don't know how. So therefore, we, we shouldn't get involved in that. Uh, do good things. Do mitzvahs and maizim tovim and daven and learn Torah, and then the right stuff happens up there. And it really comes down to that on our level, you know, that if we do good things, then there will be good things that happen on a higher level as well. That's axiomatic. So is there a relationship to the amount of wandering that comes down as sheker uh, versus comes down as emes to how we are, how we behave? I would think so, but I'm not positive. I would think that would be the case. I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure. All right, so because there's always a, a tension between Tov and Ra. So when we had Navua in the times of history when there was true prophecy, we also had Nevi'e Sheker. We had false prophets. Because you have to have both. The world has to be balanced, and Bechira has to be real. If there's true prophecy and there's no false prophecy, the world is out of balance. There has to be a choice between people who lived in that era, which one do I choose to pursue? Just like we pursue good and evil in our lives, they did that as well. They also did that in the realm of prophecy, the people who were pursuing that. And that's a choice. That choice is part of the balance of Tov and Ra in the world. Yes, I'll just take one more that I'm ready to stop. Please, Alani, thank you. Which direction? Too much. The Rambam says that the Rambam, who was a doctor, you know, and knowledgeable in all areas, he says the person sh- should sleep seven hours a night and on Shabbos eight. Yeah, that's what he says. But remember, all these things are totally on the person. It's all, it, that's just a general rule. So it's a general rule, but some people can do fine on five hours of sleep. But it's wasting time unless you really need it. Yeah, but the thing is with that, that if you don't get enough sleep, that's also wasting time. Right. Because you do the same thing over and over again because you're tired. You don't <laughs> constantly, that's wasting time too. 
So we have to be careful. I, I'm, except we're teenagers, I'm more, I'm more concerned that we, we probably need a little more sleep. Oh, teenagers need a lot more sleep too, that's what they say. But they really like to sleep. So I, I think that we probably don't, in general, in, in my talking to people, just a general statement, I think people don't get enough sleep. These are my name. Now, maybe that doesn't apply to you. Maybe you get, you know, the other way around. But it's just my own hashara, you know. The Rambam. Yeah, seven hours during the week, eight hours on Shabbos. Yeah. You know, the Rebison had a hand up, so I got to get that question. You sure? Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I missed you, Miss Steinberg. Please. Apologize, yeah. Do you have a question? You sure? Okay. Okay, so um, a wonderful uh, week to everybody, and this is the last class of this semester of Bezras Hashem. We're continuing a month from now, the week of January 31st. We're going to continue in the Derech Hashem in a different Chelek, Chelek Dalet, Letter Dalet. We're going to be studying Kriyashma. We haven't done that yet. Great to see you. Have a great week.